All right, we are accepting calls this hour from time travelers only. If you have traveled in time or you are presently a traveler to this time, then we want to hear from you. Otherwise, the phone lines are closed, but for that group, they are certainly open. Uh, with that in mind, uh, top of the morning to you on the wild card line. You are on the air. Hello. Hello. Oh my lord! <laughs> well, I need to wear a balloon or something because I'm just not fat enough. Can't get away <laughs> you don't want to be though. You, you, <laughs> it's looking good right now with the with the tang and the cannolis. We're doing our thing. All right, what is going on? How's everybody doing? My name is Billy Ray Valentine. This is the Infinite Fringe. Thank you for tuning in week after week. You know how we appreciate you, Billy the Kid. And I got a very special guest on with us today. And we're going to talk about a wide variety of things. Mr. Vince Agnelli, first time, very first time here on the Infinite Fringe. Hopefully we get him on within the calendar year again to make him a two-time, two-time uh, uh, appearance at the very least uh, before we walk off into the sunset. If that's actually a thing, we don't know yet. We're going to see what's going to happen. Mr. Vince Agnelli, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Everybody knows who you are. Go ahead and tell them what's up. Dr. Billy Ray, thank you very much. It's very kind of you to bring me on. Oh, and man. honors all mine. I've, I've loved watching you with Tony and Don on Saturday. I mean, that's just, that's a great way to plug in the noontime hour and miss my sandwiches for lunch. I, <laughs> if I had, I mean, I could be working on something, you know, like a honey-do list. <laughs> No, I get to sit there and say, I got to go listen to Billy Ray. That's great. Now, you guys do a heck of a job. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Oh, we, we I got appreciate a, you. Small messages for uh, somebody in your audience who might catch this. All right. Okay. Now, this first one is for these guys on the, the storm. You know, the guys in the storm. I, don't I, I know. I'm familiar with those. Right. Right. So, there's, I'm going to engage in some cryptology here. Ooh. Got a message, and it's a cryptic message. Oh, God. Ready? Right. I don't know if you can read that. If you can't read it. Can't. My eyes are shot. I cannot read that. It says perfecto. Perfect. Perfecto. Remember that, Jason Barker? Perfecto. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that secret message is there. Now the other one is for this guy who lives in his den all the time. <laughs> and I was kind of joking with him on a, a chat. I sometimes get the chance to get into the, to the chat. Not often, but I saw him, this tiger guy. So I was giving him some hard time about Tigger the Tiger, you know, from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> and he comes back at me with this stuff about, I can't see you eating chocolate cannolis. Well, guess what? I got chocolate cannolis. Damn. So this is for, um, you know, mm. <laughs> there you go, Franco, for you, buddy. There you oh, go, man. How come I didn't get any chocolate cannolis? I'd like to be eating them too. Should have mailed me some, Vince. We should, well, we should have figured this out. I'll tell you this. Gerald Salente, eat your heart out, baby. Bison, <laughs> come stop. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Gonna have a new show for you, Billy Ray. What's that, sir? Lunch with Billy Ray. Hell yeah, that sounds dope. We should do that. Right here in the bar. Lunch with Billy Ray, man, and, and and we'll we'll have something different to eat every every week. You know, we, we actually thought shouts to Colin Wysong. We 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 had a, an idea for a shot for a show called Conspiracy Cookie. We may still do this at some point. We're gonna sit down and talk conspiracies while we're cooking. 
you know. <laughs> Compare. I mean, there's a lot of comparisons you can make to stuff. Right. Sure. Like um, if you're showing people how to cook in the fireplace with a swing, you ever seen those? No. No. Oh, it's fireplace a, crane? No, nah, I've never seen that. I'm I from you. Watch all these preppers. They talk about this gizmo and this back here, and I'm thinking, you only ever gone back to like the 18th century and see how they work when they got nothing? They talk about taking the grid down. Right. Oh, so so someone's going to see that you got a light in your condominium. Oh, that's somebody to hit. Hmm. Oh, come on. <laughs> Fireplace crane. If you okay. go back, now guys, guys like David Knight know what this is because he's been to uh, Colonial Williamsburg. Mm -hmm. And a crane is it's a wrought iron triangle that they, they put on the side of a, inside of the firebox in your fireplace. Right. And you can hang that pot on it. And swing it in over the fire, mm. so you don't have to put that pot down on the fire, which you can. Yeah. Right. Campfire cooking is like that. So that sounds that sounds pretty good. No, I have no idea what that is. I'd, I'd have to look up, look it up, and probably royally screw it up if I ever attempted it to do it myself. But, but yeah, how can you screw up a can of Bush's beans? Uh, give me give, give me a little <laughs> bit of time. I'm sure I'll be able to figure it out, Vince. You know <laughs> how to screw it up anyway. So, so you are the author of at least two books. Is 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 that correct? Two, or or have you written more? Well, there are three, but there's two political books. Okay. And I really should have. I know we we talked about it just before the show. And mm -hmm. There should have been a third book because I didn't write about the psychology of the guys who set up 1776. Okay. And that's not talked about anywhere. Mm -mm. And one of the one of the books that I have written talks about, in one of the chapters, I give reference to a number of books that people should buy and read, right. just to give them a good perspective. I've judged these, just personally judged these books to treat history fairly, and I like to treat history from source material, not from someone else's way of looking at history. Right. Now, one of those books is one of those kinds of books that I just talked about. That would be Murray Rothbard's Conceived in Liberty. Hmm. It was a four-volume book, and you can buy it as one volume. And what I like about the book, Billy, it gives a it gives a timeline, and it talks about events that nobody knows anything about anymore. Right. So you can at least use that as a reference to go research from mm -hmm. what you do in research. For instance, uh, the great uh, the Great Revolution of 1689 and 1690, 91, 92. Do you know where that happened? No, not a, not a clue. You ever heard of a place called New York? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so, okay. That's what I'm saying. It's like um, they they pulled a Nathaniel Bacon. Okay, that's like 1770, or sorry, 1676. Right, right. So here's a book that's extremely important, all based on source information. This guy went and and got all of the source material from the Virginia company itself, mm. from all their archives in London. See, none of that stuff survived our wars here, but it survived in London. And he went and picked up all kinds of stuff about Nathaniel Bacon. Right. After reading it, you discover that Murray Rothbard's interpretation of the same period is all wrong. Mm. But he has the dates right. That's all important to look at look at it that way. Right, right. So the guy in New York tries the same thing. He actually does a physical takeover of the governors of New York and Jersey at the same time. Mm -hmm. And he did it because the taxes were too high and the fees were too high and it was too oppressive. So when this guy takes over, guess what he did? He ended up being worse than the guy they took over. Because mm. he didn't know how to do it. Right. Because he didn't let the people decide. That's the big lesson from Bacon and from those other mini revolutions that took place inside the United States. Which before it was the United States. My, my apologies. They were the colonies. Right. So when these guys like George Mason and Patrick Henry come together and decide they even got their gains by not such great means because they are the survivors of the winners over bacon 
So now I'm taking history and I'm rolling it over. You're getting rolled down the hill. You're dizzy. You don't have any idea, but that's the psychology of it. So well, when I talk about my other book, right. uh, you know, the, this book, The Public Wheel and You, mm -hmm. that's the mechanics. If you want reasons why, that's in, that's in this book. That's the mechanics of handling it yourself locally and starting over locally. You'll never get hold. I mean, I mean, you can have all the gold and silver you want, but if you don't have a way to transform that into actual physical wealth, right, right, what's it going to do for you? Absolutely, I, I totally agree with you, and this is part of the reason that I wanted to have you on and talk to you about it because things are looking very unstable. Yeah. Um, you know, things are looking like you know we can't <laughs> enjoy it, sir. You know, things things are looking like uh. You know, we like we can't rely on on this system. Like, I mean, uh, I never have. Well, I've known that I can't. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, uh, you know, but um, nowadays it looks even more evident that things, at one point or another, are going to hit the fan. Right. It's not going to be good, and we need to try to figure out what we're going to do in that time period to be able to sustain ourselves and our families and our neighbors and everything, right? So uh, you, I've heard you talk about an alternate economy, mm -hmm. you know, how, how we can possibly, what, what you said, and correct me if I'm wrong, and this is me just going off top of one of the interviews, one of the many interviews that I've heard you do. Okay. Um, you said, you know, um, they, they the, the controllers, right? They have their fiat currency. We can have our own fiat currency. Right. Explain yeah. that to me. Yeah, this was done uh, most successfully by the colony of Pennsylvania, mm. believe it or not. They were using like a basket of things, all based off of gold and silver. Right. So the big boys would have the gold and silver, but they would allow someone to, say, have credit based off that gold and silver to say, buy a farm. And once they buy the farm, they will pay it back either in that currency or through their produce. Mm. So the produce comes back through the chain, goes back up the chain, and then those guys are paid off, and then you own your farm. Mm. You can go out to Western Pennsylvania, like say, well, not even, like say from Carlisle to the West, out to Pittsburgh. All those farms were built that way. And during that period. But what short-circuited it was the king coming through and saying, we want the gold and the silver, give it. So that short-circuited that entire process. Keep in mind, we can buy all the gold and silver we want today, but there may come a day where the guy who's sitting on top thinks, give it to me, give it to me, I want it. Right. Most people are going to hand it over right. because they took the shot. Those are the people who will hand it over. Yeah. Based on that, they created the continental dollar. That was their own. And they make the jokes about it. You know, it's not worth a continental because it was so inflated because all they were doing was printing this paper money, but it got them off the ground. And when they did trade, they traded with foreign countries, which of course is what got them and got the colonists in trouble in the first place when they started to trade with France and Spain. Mm -hmm. And they were bringing in French and Spanish coins. So they were starting to enter our economy and we used them as well. It took us a while to even mint gold coins for our economy. Yeah. So why not do it now? And one of the things you can do is if you're living in New York city and you're in an apartment building, right? You're sitting there. Well, I don't have any ground. I can't grow any food. They turn off the lights. We're all very screwed. Well, <laughs> I'm a poet and I don't know it. So, <laughs> so you end up, so, well, so you end up in this situation where, what do I care? I don't care anymore because I can't do anything. Right. Yeah, right. You, you end up like this guy. <laughs> He's your best friend. That's my dude. Yeah. <laughs> buy his stuff and all your problems will go away. Yeah. Now, that's not what you need to do. You need to consider what's called repatriation. And before you 
before you take that big step, you should have already been talking to your neighbors hmm. about what's going on. And the only way I can tell you, if, if you're living in an apartment building, God knows there's an awful lot of opinions in one building. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you first you find the people who hear the buzzwords as you're laying them out there and you start making contact with them. Hmm. The idea is approach them with the idea that you're going to all get together with a, putting some money together to find a piece of land outward that you can either grow stuff for the building or even move the people there if the time gets that bad. Hmm. But you can grow food there and have it brought there to the to the building. Yeah. So yeah, you've got to worry about security and you've got to worry about being attacked on the road by the bandits. You know, that's gonna happen. Okay, so that's what you got your guns for. Boom. Now you know why you've got guns. <laughs> you know, the, the the thing is, right? I'm here like in an in an apartment building, right? There's there's uh Tons of opinions, like like you said, right? Mm -hmm. And even though we live next to each other, mm -hmm. we don't necessarily have a connection. Right? Some, there is, there are some of, there is some of that, but large. I mean, I don't know. There's there's tons of people here, hundreds of people <laughs> that live in this in this place where right. I live. Um, well, Billy, let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you guys have a, a like an association in the building? In, in 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 what respect? Like a community association just in your building. No, there is none. Okay. Right. Now they call them committee of correspondence or association of freeholders and freemen. You have a meeting place in the basement of this building? Mm -mm. You have a meeting place anywhere in that building? We do not. That's interesting. Yeah. Because what I would suggest is you find someone who can have a meeting and then put up a sign in the lobby. We're going to have a community meeting yeah. about the price of food, the price of whatever, about, the, you know, you name the subject, a hot topic that hits as many people as it, as it can. And that brings them in. So at least you're in there on some kind of a, a, a solid ground, a foundation that everybody feels. Maybe it's the price of the rent. Yeah. Maybe it's the light bulbs that are, you know, it's always been that kind of a problem. Right. As a matter of fact, here, I've got an example for you. Just look at the enemy. Rules Rad for radicals. Right. right, rules for radicals. Oh. <laughs> okay. Hey, if you don't read what the enemy's saying, you're going to miss out. They're That's what Linsky. That's what you got there. <laughs> but he uses that example specifically for apartment buildings. Right, right. He says, if one person complains and says they're not going to pay their rent because the building is a shambles, they're going to throw that one person out. Right. But if you get everybody or most of the people in the building to say the same thing, they're going to fix the building. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's that's city thinking, and it works. And he mm -hmm. made it. Now, now, how do we, and I, I am asking because I am lost in this respect, right? Okay. How do we, um, how do we convince, not even convince, how, how do we get to a point where we can have civil dialogue about, about certain things nowadays when everybody is so divided and, even here in New York, where, where a lot of people are just are, are liberals, they're stuck. They will. They don't want to move. They, they don't want to see a different a different uh, route, a different reality. They they don't want to look at it. They're just. It is what it is. What it is, and anything you're saying to the contrary is wrong. They'll either get triggered and get upset at you, you know, or or just shut down and not talk to you. Period. Like so, how do we approach it? Like I, I think, and correct me if if you feel different, please let me know. Um, I, I think we're in the middle of a giant psyop, right? I, I've, I've never seen anything like it, Vince. I've never seen anything like it. And, 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 you know, I've, I've tried many different ways to attempt to communicate what I think is going on. I think I failed miserably most of the time mm -hmm. through these airwaves, you know, 
there's a lot of people that are already hip to it and that they agree and that's great, you know, but I'm not trying to preach to the choir, right? I want to, I want to reach out and, and hit the people that may view things differently. Mm -hmm. I'm failing miserably. Give me some, give me some pointers. Let me know what, what to do. All right. I'll give you an example of how I failed with it. Right. Uh, back in, let me see, 2019, thereabouts, we, we picked up that goofball governor who uh, <laughs> he wanted to start taking everything away. Right. And he was all for putting the, the jab in people. Of course. Pain in the tail. Can you, do you curse on this show? Well, you can say whatever you want, Mr. Agnew. That, that pain in the ass. Right. Well, that's it. Doctor, even doctor. I was expecting something more. No, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Uh, go right ahead if you wish. Go ahead. The the way the guy was setting up taking away the guns got everybody's attention. Mm. And for years before that, I've been trying to get people to meet the same way. I'm using the same deal with the founders that I put in my book. Mm. I'm not inventing this. The only problem is that people don't understand they're the ones who are supposed to have the power. All of that was taken away with the Constitution. They wiped it away. And that power came in state by state by state, county by county, town by town, city by city. Everybody was supposed to have this power. Right. So you have to you have to talk to them. You know, you really have the power, pal. Look at Alinsky. I say again, look at Alinsky. Right. Find that. It's in the book, but you see how many... Um, Notations I have in there. I can't even read the book anymore. Well, you, you've obviously read it at least once. <laughs> in fact, I had to buy a second edition or a second copy because I couldn't read this one anymore. It's so scribbled. In. <laughs> but that guy's right. Yeah. You've got to find commonality. You don't have to find a lot of it. Don't work people so hard on a lot of things. Get them first at once, and, and it's a big one, and it's got to change. Something's got to happen. Right. Show the government is not only coming after you, but if they try to fix it, they can't even fix it because they don't have the machinery to fix it. Right. So give yourself a chance. Don't try to take over the whole thing. Look at the look at what a, a liberal person sees and what what do they complain about? They are going to complain about the cost of food. Yeah. And you can show them all of the stories about how this produ uh, production plant blew up. Now, this train over here derails and poisons half the, the middle part of the country. Right, right, right. So you can show them that this is not, it's not magic. Right. It's not a coincidence. But then you give them the offer of, if we all got together and bought a little piece of land to grow out here outside of town, we could feed ourselves and not worry about it. We can eat the right food, healthy food. We know where it comes from. Right. You got to start someplace. So start someplace with these other guys. I had them coming in from seven counties across Virginia. That's a lot. Well, I'll tell you what took it apart. The jab. But the, the pandemic. The right. Fear of being sick. And a lot of these guys were, uh, still are, cattlemen and farmers. Some of them are homesteaders. Yeah. We still have that going on. But they got scared. Some of them even took the, the jet. Right. So I see everybody focusing on things like, oh, Donald Trump's getting arrested. Right now, actually. <laughs> That's Trump today. Charged, yeah, charged with whatever. Hold on. Hold, hold on. Just for context, we are recording this, this show on uh, March 21st. As of right now, Donald Trump has yet to be arrested, but we're waiting on it. Anyway, go ahead, sir. <laughs> you know, so, so my, you know, if, no one wants to know what I'm thinking, but if someone did ask me mm -hmm. what my opinion of that, I, I want to know. Well, I'll give it to you. Thank you. I'd say, paybacks are a bitch, pal. Oh. Carlos sucks, <laughs> wow. doesn't it? Yes, it does. And if that if that jerk who took that land away from that lady with uh, uh, what was the clause in the in the constitution, not in the constitution, manifest destiny, mm -hmm. Trump took that land away from that lady to build that project, right? Karma is a bitch. It is. It is. End of story. Right. Yeah. So, hey, so he's, we, he's well, the guy that paid, he paid the lefty and the righty to get the job done in the city. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Would that get you? Yeah. That's what he's been doing out here. <laughs> That's well, what he's been doing out here for quite some time, you know. 
right? And he, you know, responsible for for uh, for warp speed and giving everybody the jab. Absolutely. So, um, and I sent that I sent that book, yeah, up to Trump Tower before the election. Did you really? Yeah. You know what I got? Nothing. Not a damn thing. Nothing in return, right? Not, not hey. nothing in return. McDonald's. McDonald's. <laughs> so what what Vince is doing right now for the audio listeners, he's he's uh he's sticking his arm hey, as if you know as get if him what, some, get him some soap on a rope. <laughs> <laughs> Don't drop it. Let's see what develops, man. Uh, with with the dude, Mr. Donald Trump. Uh, they they got all types of stuff set up out here because they're uh you know in, in anticipation for people. Uh, coming out and protesting. I don't see we're. I don't think we're going to see too much of that. Personally, I could be very wrong. We'll find out soon. Regardless, I want to get back to to talk. We could we could destroy Donald Trump t- towards the end of the of the show <laughs> if you wish. You know, but uh, but um, yeah. Like I, I wanted to talk to you about this because I think it's really important, right? So mm-hmm. I go down to the grocery store, and and I'm there every day. I realize that I'm dependent on this place to feed myself and feed my family. So pretty much I'm dependent on this place to live, right? So I go there. I spend $70, $80, $90 on nothing, on nothing. Like I got to be very careful, very selective. I go to about three different supermarkets that are in my general area mm-hmm. and try to find the, the the best deals that I can so I can save a couple of bucks, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's, it's become absolutely ridiculous the the prices of, of, of chicken have fallen just a little bit from what I can tell. Cause they were really expensive before, but the eggs are still super expensive. Right. Some fruits are ridiculously expensive. You know, like, I mean, so much if you, I, I, I don't have a filter, a filtration system. It broke for my water. Mm-hmm. So I've been buying bottled water. Typically I go get mountain Valley spring. Or or Evian, um, I, I like those two brands. They're typical. Uh, Mountain Valley Spring comes out of a glass bottle. It's the best we can get out here in New York, right? Um, it's it's three dollars a bottle. So it's, you're living you're living like Mr. Monk is what you're doing, man. Let me tell you. Go ahead, go ahead, expand. So I mean, I'm telling you, like I just wanted to lay that out there because everything is so damn expensive, right? But uh, we there, there are some some outfits out here that uh, grow. Or or have uh, uh, bee colonies on their roofs in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and they make and they make uh, you know they sell the honey, you right. know, they go out to farmers markets and and, and do that. So th- there are places that we can go do this, but here in the Bronx, I mean, I'm sure there are, and I'm just not familiar with them. But that's another thing, familiarity, right? Or or exposure. Who's doing this, and how do we get? Maybe maybe we set up some type of of collective i don't know online to to to, well, to connect I, everybody go ahead what's you can up? do it in a lot of different ways a cooperative is what you're looking to build right but you could also take that same apartment building and talk to people about this have a meeting and say we can do it this way or maybe we can even contact a farmer or a group of farmers out in the country yeah and contract with them right, right? direct with them. that's a great idea rather than just even buying maybe you get to that point of you know we have such a popular thing here maybe we can buy our own land even pay somebody to work it yeah you know work that into the cost but when they take away the money you're going to have to figure out a way to, to handle this back and forth if a guy's out there working the land for you right you got to pay him back somehow so what do you have in the city that he doesn't have? Mm. Which means you may have to send the people out of that apartment building out to work the land yeah. and come back. And believe it or not, there are there are community farms that exist even inside of the suburban areas. Right. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are no, a lot it's... of ways to do this. And you really should do this now. I wouldn't wait until the bottom falls out. Of course. Right. Yeah. Because once, you know, once you get this established that you're actually feeding people in your building and this includes guys with cattle who slaughter cattle, we, we even get that. We got a guy out here in the Valley out, out in the Shenandoah Valley and he makes trips with his meat all the way down to Quantico mm. and, and into Northern Virginia and back out this way. You can order from this guy and it is it's grass-fed it's not organic 
because really doing organic out here is almost impossible. Right, right, right. But it's it's natural fed, grass fed stuff. And it's really good stuff. Really good meat. And his, his cost, uh, the cost to you is the same as you're going to find in the market. Yeah. So he's making a good deal. And you're making a good deal. So if you got a whole building, work on the food. Right. You know, it's kind of funny. Really, when people go into business, one of the secrets is you want to sell people what they need. They need toilet paper. They need light bulbs. And they really need food. Right. Right? So maybe the sky even has on its farm a good spring, a good spring water. And it can, it can truck in the water. Right. So you guys can use glass bottles, fill them up, store them. Yeah, recycle them. Right. Yeah. I do that. Hell, right. I got one of those uh, gravity jobs. Yeah. You put it in the top tank and it drips down. Right. And I use milk bottles that I used to buy milk from. Uh, the, old, the old style half gallon glass bottle. I fill them up. And I put them in the fridge, and I got nice, crystal clear, cold water. Nice. Because I'm on a well. Right. But even the well is not great. The well has problems. High sulfur, right. this and that. Chemtrail stuff. Right, right. In, in, in this uh, artificial world that we're living in, it's, we, we get further and further away from from what it is that God gave us, right? So even, even if we think we're eating well, Odds are we're not eating uh, the diet that the optimal human is, is supposed the, the optimal diet for for a human, in my opinion. Right. So wherever we get water from, something's going to be up with it because of where we live and how how we live. Right. And, and what we've done to all of this stuff. But regardless, um, how do we. How do we uh, how would you suggest doing this as far as 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 uh, outreach? Right. Because I could I could go and, and I could talk to people. Right. And people are going to be like, well, I don't have the money to invest to, to, with something like this. Well, I, I guess, like I said, there you have the contract right. You make the contract and the, and you have the farmer. Put up the produce for sale. You order it and it's delivered. If you can't afford it, then you don't order it. And your building operates that way. So what you oh, that do is dope. I, I get that. That so makes sense. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Well, what you're going to end up doing, too, is. You're going to get the word to the buildings on either side of you, right? behind you, and they're going to want in on it. Got me? Right, right, right. That's going to have, That's going to just start increasing the cash flow to the farmer, and he's going to be able to do more farming, and it's going to be worthwhile for him to do it and not be crushed by these stupid taxes. Now, that's why I say at some point you can tell, you can get enough people together to buy a piece of land work it yourself and you don't have to deal with the agriculture department screw them you're working it privately it's yours yeah so that's why you saw obama put together that force of all those agents to go out and start nailing people with their backyard gardens right 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 but they want that out because they can't control that now if you're a big agricultural uh concern those guys file what's called an F1. That's a tax. Yeah. As soon as you're into the tax system, you belong to them. The nice thing about all of that, owning your own land with a group of people, is that they don't own your ass. It's yours. Right. Okay? Right. Well, that's, that's oh. what we need to, to, to strive for, right? And that's, that's why I wanted to talk to you today, because we, we really need to build our own on so many different levels, not just, you know... It's, yeah, right. Like, like uh, build our own as far as a platform where we can talk to each other on this level and not be censored, right? Because, uh, you know, how, how, what's up? What's okay, up? well, from there, right. if you spread the word to different buildings, all of a sudden you need some communication. And now your, your group of people is assigning somebody in your building to be a communicator. Right. And now you have an association called the Committee of Correspondence. And guess who did that? Our founders did that. Right. They had that, you know, put it together. Then came the Committee of Safety. And the Committee of Safety is, you know, the guys with the, right? <laughs> right. But, you know, look, you can't have those guys running around thinking that they're going to go take on the world. I'm going to give it to you, baby. No, <laughs> you can't have that. you right. got to have the, the people, the, the civilian government 
or governance power tell them what to do. And you're going to have that problem someday. Start now, Billy, while you still have resources. Yeah, man. Okay. I mean, I see people buying this stuff. Okay. That's going to serve you for a few months. And then what happens? Yeah. Your neighbors who should have been your friends, who should have been in your association working together are end up going to be your enemies. And they're going to take it from you. Yeah, man. That's... And then the, the bad guy wins. The bad guy wins. I, you just reminded me of that episode of the Twilight Zone. I, I talk about this with Don all the time because he's a, he's a fan of the Twilight Zone, and so so am I. Um, and uh, it's you know he this guy had set up a shelter, a bomb shelter, and um, he had just enough room, just enough air, just enough food for his family. That was it. Everybody was making fun of him relentlessly around the area where he lived because they thought he was insane. Then it happened. You know, and everybody wanted in to the shelter and he didn't have space for them. And they went in, you know, and they, they were trying to knock down the door, whatever they needed to do to get in there. Um, then it turned out it was a false alarm and, you know, it, it, it uh, fractured relationships moving forward. But 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 you're you're very right. Um, it, it, it even it, and I'll pose this question. I, I think that what we need to do is is you know, reach out to everybody and have a collective that way it works. But if um, if you reach out to people and for some reason it doesn't work, they don't want to work with you and you build your own and you have your own for your family, should you be spreading that? You know, because it could turn around and, and bite you in the ass later on. Well, if you're going to, if you're going to try to survive as a culture and as a group, mm -hmm. you really don't have any choice. Mm -hmm. You've got to make friends around you. And and their safety in numbers. You will protect yourselves. There's the uh, Civil Defense Manual. It's a double book. Jeez, uh, I can't remember who. I know that um, I can't remember his name. Uh, the former Navy SEAL. Uh, uh, gosh, what's his name? He was one of the writers for this, and a number of different writers. It's called okay. Civil Defense Manual. Okay. And it's a two-volume set. It's a fantastic book, and it does talk or give advice on how to get people grouped together. Yeah. But it's almost the same thing as, as I'm telling you that the founders did. They had a common interest. Yeah. And that's what you've got to find with your neighbors. Right. And as my, here's another thing, especially if you're living in a city. Safety. Safety. That's always a concern. How safe is your building? Keep an eye on that crime statistic going on around you, if they're willing to actually publish the straightaway number. How safe is it? Right. So there's two things. Affordable food and safety. We all think about that, don't we? You go to bed thinking about it. I'm sure you guys living in the city think about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, the news is always saying how unsafe we are here and how crime is rising 24 seven over here in New York. Right. And there's some evidence of it. You know, if, if you stop and look, I think it's always been this way, but I don't know <laughs> that, you know, that they're, they're, they're really ramping it up. And I guess, I mean, as, as prices uh, grow, mm -hmm. crime will grow because people yeah. will not be able to afford these things. That's right. That's right. right. So, so I'm telling you right now, while you still can afford to feed yourself on the current system. Right. You got to talk to neighbors. Have a little sign out there that says, "I'm going to have a meeting in in the hallway or whatever." I'm going to have a meeting downstairs, or even pick a cafe some, somewhere. Yeah. Or even if it's a building next door that might have a basement meeting room or something that you can rent, do it. Yeah. See who comes. It may only be one or two people that show up. Right. But you'll be able to discuss what you want to do. And then they're going to discuss it with somebody else. The good idea always attracts people. Solid, you know, a testimonial always attracts people. Right. But you get the one bad egg, and of course that can wipe out ten good people. It's a gotcha. risk. It's no, a risk. absolutely. How how do you think uh, the the coming uh, CBDC is is going to? Uh affect all of this how, how much time do you think we have i mean and i know this is a general question i mean a, a one that we don't have a real answer to but i'm asking for your opinion um yeah. go ahead, go ahead. 
to me, that's proof that what I'm saying is correct. Right. How much time is left? How much, I mean, are you going to sit there and just watch the whole thing fall apart in front of you? Or you already accept and acknowledge that it is going to happen. Yeah, man. So what's the, what are you doing? Are you sitting on your tuckus? Or are you actually getting out there and making sausage? That's for, that's for the Polish people in your audience, you know. <laughs> sausage. Or are you actually getting out there and making some tang? Yes. Uh, what are you doing? Tang, tang is what? It's like uh, 90% sugar, something like the that. The nectar of the gods, sir. Quite literally. Go ahead. So as far as wanting to do the right thing, uh, you've got to, you know, look, if you're, if you believe and understand how this country was founded by the kind of people it was founded, and they were Christians, they had the Christian ethic. You may find people who don't believe in God, and I'm sure in New York City, that's what, nine in ten people? I don't know. It's a mix out here, man. It's all over the place. <laughs> I throw in my book the very first document that I think is the most important document for everybody, and that's the Ten Commandments. Hmm. Ten Commandments out of the out of the King James version. A lot of people don't know that the Catholic the Catholic Ten Commandments actually was changed and makes room for the Pope. You know how the original one says there, there's no other God than me. Well, it kind of makes a little room for the Pope. Aside from that, if anyone who doesn't believe in God, just look at him and say, okay, take God out of it. What about the rest of these? Aren't they just common sense, good regulation, good rules to go by for your own person and makes peace with everybody? You're not after somebody's stuff. You're not after their land. You're not after their woman. What's wrong with that? And if they have a problem with that, then you know you're not going to be dealing with them. Right. And, and look, the, the revolution was a very small percentage of the population. A lot of people wanted to stay away from being hit by the king. They didn't want to be hit by the king, but they were also dying. The little guys were dying on the vine. Yeah. And it wasn't until the very wealthy ones started to feel it in their pockets that they decided, you know, gee, we've got to do something. That's why it took John Hancock a while to come around. It took it took George Mason a while to come around. Because it wasn't until they started to get hurt on their level that things are turning around. Yeah. And they jumped in. So you ask about CBDC. You and I are you and I are already hurting. But now the banks are getting hit. And I don't care why. They're getting hit. And that's going to force us into something else. And you're talking about banks. You're not talking about people who are making pennies on the dollar for an income. Right. Now they're getting hit. So if you don't want them to come back at you like a George Mason, a Patrick Henry, or a, a John Hancock, you got you got to step it up. You got to move really fast. How much time do you got? I don't think we got any time at all. We're past time. Wow. Just a matter of them hitting the hitting the switch and, and slicing off that's it we're done this was old america this is america 3.0 right. the domino yeah, america 3.0 right, right. i you know for me it's done it's been done i've already proven that the republicans and democrats are the same evil bastards agreed the left wing right wing of the same bird as david knight used to always say right so what do you got left you got yourselves. You're going to sit around and watch the belly button lint grow and, you know, no. You got to get out. Get out from behind the keyboard. Talk to people face to face. And talk about the things that are common between you. There's so many more things that are common between people now. And they have to keep up the divide. The, the mm -hmm. divide. Donald Trump getting arrested. Oh, my God, there's going to be crap in the streets. <laughs> no. You know what you do? You look at the you look at the Democrat, and you look at the Republican, and you do just what I did. Karma's a bitch, baby. That's the end of the story. And everybody's going to laugh. Right. Well, maybe. <laughs> common ground. You Some know, people will get pissed left. off. Go ahead. Sorry. Aren't you worried about the lefties? 
that's common ground with them, isn't it? And it's not making you a lefty, but that's common ground because I know your position. Yeah. You call the same same shot that I call. So make Thank you. just but just make that part of the dialogue. Right. From right. the dialogue. Just something to relate upon. You know what that you know who does that best? Stand-up comedians. Mm. They get into a crowd, and it's not just what they've got memorized. They scan the crowd, they do that audience analysis, and they know who and what to pick on. You've seen them. Yeah. Guys like Don Rickles will stand there and go, oh, look at this chump in the background. And he's wearing his hat like it's his underwear, you know. <laughs> but, but that's that's how you have to be. And guess who talks about that? Yeah. Yeah. You know what that's called? That's called being an organizer. Mm. Okay. Now, you don't want to be a George Washington. You want to be an organizer. The whole deal is to get things moving. Look, it worked, didn't it? That yeah, book it starting from 1972 after he died. It got it got published right after he died. Boom. Look what it did. That's the Obamas of the world. Right. Um, I had another book. That's not here. That, that's uh rules for radicals that he's talking about, just for those who are who are listening. Go ahead. Sir. Yes, and before that, it was called a book from 1946 that he did called Reveille for Radicals. I don't have it with me here. It's back in my library, but that's the book that comes after the races. Believe it or not, that's when that stuff started between these guys. Divide people by race and religion. It's in that book. Wow. That's, that is the Clinton era and, and prior. Right. Okay. That's when they started to read that, and that's how the 1960s came along as well, you know, we got to be free, love, drugs, and rock and roll, and all that bullshit. So that's how that happened, and that's right. why the two the two camps don't see things the same way. You know, in that in rules for radicals, Alinsky talks about moving the money out of the place of power, being Washington D.C. When Obama was president, he moved the money of the Democratic National Committee and the committee itself to Chicago. Yeah. Okay? So this guy's following it letter for letter. That's their book. Now, Marxism and Karl Marx himself was really the, the father of sociology. So you've got sociology, you've got socialism, which is the practice of sociology, and then you've got socialist. That mm. is the practitioner. Right. And in sociology, they had a number of eggheads through the years. Uh, that even goes up through B.S. Uh, Skinner. Skinner, who was a psychologist. Now, I love these people, the psychology majors. They think they're the king. Right? Operant conditioning, right? Yes. But I, I got bad news for them. The sociologist owns their ass. Mm. Sociologists are the one that, that uses them. They think that sociology is just a joke. Now, I've got problems with that. You ever heard of Soviet Union? You ever heard of communist China? Yeah. That's a lot of real estate. It is. You know? It is. So anyway, I probably got lost. Your poor audience is like, what the hell? <laughs> no, not at all. This is fascinating, man. And it's a lot of a lot of very useful information. And a lot of us find ourselves in these positions. I know the words that you are speaking are touching people because it's just like, damn, that's me right now. Right. How do I get to a to a place where I am, uh, where I can better provide for myself and my and my family and my neighborhood? Right. How do I get to a place where I can bring people together? And it's easier said than done, right? And it requires more, well, it requires will. I guess once you have the will, you're fine, you know, because it, it, but, but, you know, a certain amount of charisma would be necessary. You know, there's a couple of things that, that would come into play to make it grow a little more, I guess. Um, but we can all do it. Um, we just have to figure out how. And Vince has given us some pointers here as to what to do, you know, and, and, and how to move forward if you want to take action. Right. If if you see the world around you crumbling, uh, what do you do? You know, and, 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 and while this might seem like common sense to some, Vince, it really isn't. Right. 
we'll sit there and what do we do? Oh my God, we're so lost because we don't know any different. We know what we know here in the city. And I'm not just talking to people in the city. I'm talking to people around the United States and around the world, right? Yeah. But this is where I live, right? So this is what I know, right? And sometimes you need somebody to point you in the right direction to see something else, right? To, well, see, to see a different avenue. Go ahead. Well, this, uh, and, and this is another thing that's, that kind of tickles me, is that no one talks about the people in the city. They always talk about, well, if you live in the city, you better get the hell out because it's all going to collapse. Yeah, I get well, that all. You know, people do, who live, who were born and raised generationally don't know any different. But you know, back in the in the America 1.0 of Donald Jeffries, right? The cities were a place of manufacturing. That's why they put them together the way they did. They manufactured, they they went into final production, value-added production, and then they shipped it out across the world. That's where the ports are. That's where the big cities are. Then comes the railroads, and then they're allowed to build bigger cities inland. So they're interports. But you guys have something that we don't have out in the hinterlands, and that's manpower. Hmm. Okay, it's manpower. People, right. The way to get away from the business of this, this computer is going to replace me is, number one, you get off of their financial system. Once you've done that, Billy, you're free. Yeah. Now, I talked to the uh, Knights of the Storm guys about how to set up a contract of bartering. Okay. That that system I had was, I have this little plastic leftover chip from stuff I manufacture. And I wrote on it that it's worth X amount of uh, hours of my time. And I sent it along with a contract. And the contract in it says, I will be paid by uh, such and such party with four dozen eggs or uh, an ounce of silver or 50 Swisher Sweet cigars. Got me? Right. At the bottom, it's got places to be signed. Now, what I would do is I would have an exchange. You should have an exchange. You could have one in each building. You could have one on each block. And and that exchange is where this stuff is recorded. So it's almost like blockchain. But there's no money held. There's mm -hmm. no gold held. There's no nothing. Held. It's just a record that Billy Ray has consumed two hours of my time. And my time is worth for the job that I did. Yeah. You know, four dozen eggs. Right. And if Billy Ray doesn't pay up, when Billy Ray goes to get something else done by someone else. They're going to say, well, you've got a deficit here. You still owe. See, that's how you keep track of that. Or, or I say to Billy, Billy, I only need a dozen eggs. And just put three eggs on credit for me. And now I'm building up credit with my exchange. And maybe I can trade that three dozen eggs to somebody else. Yeah. And Billy, you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, you create your own economy. And all of that is I'm outside of the southern economy. I'm not paying anybody a tax on it. And that's going to piss them off. So be ready. You know, be ready. It's a really it's good point. It's a really good point. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. We're, we're almost done here. But but I'm so happy you brought that up because it had completely left my mind. I, I love, uh, I loved watching The Walking Dead when it came out. The first two seasons. The first season is one of the best seasons in, in, in television history, in my opinion. Um, most recently is The Last of Us on HBO Max. My God, what an, what an excellent, excellent show. I think it was only six or seven episodes, but it was fantastic. Hmm. Um, and, it, it, you know, it, 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 uh, it paints a picture of a dystopian society. You know, everything has hit the fan mm -hmm. and people are on their own. And, and you just said something that's, you know, it's, it's going to piss them off when, when you remove yourself from the system. Right. And uh, it, 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 it's kind of like for 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 this might not be the best example, but I'm going to use it anyway. Waco. Right. What happened in Waco, even though there was a lot of things going on over there. Right. Um, but it, how quick, you know, the eye of Sauron shifted to Waco, Texas, you know, because they had removed themselves from the system. Anybody that removes themselves from the system is going 
is going to automatically bring a lot of heat on top of them. Anyway, go ahead, sir. Um, I say get ready because this is what happened to the founders. They didn't just come along one day and say, my God, things are so bad that we've got to pull away. Right. They were being attacked by the king's men for years. Uh, go back to that book, Conceived in Liberty by Murray Rothbard that I talked about. Yeah. And, and every time I read that, I'd forgotten about stuff I learned years ago. The Boston Massacre. That was 1770. And dates are important because that lets you see how long people waited to do things. Where there were people killed by the soldiers just because of a uh, one soldier was messing around with somebody else in a crowd. And then the, the tensions were so great by that time that that turned into a mob. And then people got killed. That's what the government. I'm not talking about with it's the British versus the no, that's their own government. Right. You gotta keep that perspective. So we don't have information moving a hundred miles in three days on horseback. We have it like that. Instant. Right. We don't need five hundred and fifty some morons sitting in a place there in a swamp pretending like they give a shit about us. Right. And that they represent us because they don't. Let me give you an example. Here in Virginia, in Richmond, I heard on the other, the other day, I heard our uh, glorious lieutenant governor, Republican uh, woman of color and, and veteran and so forth and so on, complain about the Democrats mm -hmm. not, well, they, they weren't opposing the fact that there was a law that was going to stop the Chinese government from buying farmland in Virginia next to military bases. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you bimbo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, why does it have to be next to a damn military base? What about the rest of the damn state? I, mm -hmm. The communists shouldn't be buying our land. Right. And then she starts talking about how bad the Democrats were, that they weren't objecting to some legislation that, uh, that was going to have to make a teacher tell a parent that their kid was deciding to change their sex. I'm sitting there going, what? What the hell kind of a bimbo is this? They shouldn't be talking to him at all. They shouldn't be talking sex to them all. And I can remember back in the 70s when they were pushing this crap. Right. And your parents could actually opt out to get you out of this stuff. Right, right. They shouldn't be in the business of it anyway. Right. Right? I mean, stop. That's the Republicans. They slice it up in little pieces for you where the Democrats come along and take the whole damn chunk. Right. And the Republicans never get it back for you. Right? Right. What have, you, right. what have you seen? Billy Ray, here, let me get my, tell your audience, I'm putting on that Alex Schmuck. <laughs> He's wearing an Alex Jones mask right now. You know, when have you ever seen the Republicans <laughs> reverse anything? Nah, man, it's it's a scam. They, man. They reverse anything. Yeah. Right. So, just so you know, you said common sense. You talked about common sense. That's another book everybody's got to read. In that book, Common Sense, written by Thomas Paine, it's early 1776. Right. They talk about doing away with the parties and how bad they were in England, the Tories and the and the, the Whigs, and that it had gone on so long that what they would do is they'd actually switch positions so that it took a long time for the public to catch up to it, mm. keep having their way. Right. We third party, forget it. Anybody in a party, that's part of a system that does not represent you. Agreed. The, 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 if there should be a U.S. government, there should be about 20,000 representatives. Right? Right. And they should represent just a little bitty number of people. And if you get a number of phone calls that says, don't you dare vote for this shit, you moron. <laughs> and they go ahead and vote for it. Then there should be a codicil in the in the Constitution that says, "Well, we decide that you're you're gone, right? And we're pulling back our vote." You don't have that power. No, we don't. Now, the Declaration of Rights, which is the second most important—well, maybe the third most important—in my book, that came out in June of 1776. It was the license 
that Thomas Jefferson used to write the Declaration of Independence. And that's where you see some of the lines in it at the, at the preamble. It says we have the right to abolish or change or do whatever we want to to this government. We wrote that, we wrote that power to ourselves. And we don't use it anymore. Yeah. And when the, when the Constitution came along in 1788, it did away with that power. And I write about that in my book. And I say, these people who started that new government that actually came to life in 1789 figured out that they had better put some of these rights back on the table for the people to see. Yeah. And it took only two years because there was going to be another revolution. That's when they went after the whiskey, the whiskey guys out yeah. in Pennsylvania. Right. How about the, uh, since you're from New York, how about the uh, the draft riots? You ever looked up the draft riots? Mm -mm. Oh, Billy Ray. <laughs> After you get off with me, brother, you need to get on the, you need to get on the little magic box and look up the draft riots. Draft riots, okay. Draft, yeah. Right. That was uh, during the Civil War. I'm going to check all that out, man. Um, Vince is a wealth of knowledge, man. You know, well, this, this is when the Irish were ticked off because they were servants. Mm -hmm. They were ticked off at Lincoln, right? who gave, with an executive order, amnesty to the black slaves, but not to the indentured servants in New York. Mm. And then Lincoln wanted these guys to get a uniform on and start fighting the South. Oh, yes, you need to look up that little skirmish. I got it right here. Bingo. There you go. I'll be now, I've, read, I've read in places where they say over 30,000 Irish were killed. Mm. In, in in the government taking back New York City. Wow. These guys have a big history and they don't teach this stuff up there. Oh no, 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 no. Not, not even close. Not even close. Even 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 more so now they don't teach it. Not I mean, not I had no idea about it. You know, you've got a couple of months. Uh you know, my book was it's still free online on my Substack page. Mm -hmm. Tell the people. That's uh, v616.substack.com. You got to look through it. You'll see links for the public wheel and you. Yeah. And I set it up so that each chapter is an individual link down there. So just scroll through those posts that I have on there. You'll find it. We're going to find it and put it in the show notes for you guys if, if anybody's interested. Mr. Vince Agnelli, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us here in the Infinite Fringe and dropping the knowledge and helping us out. We will have you back inevitably because uh, things are, in my opinion, not going to get better anytime soon. If they get, they're going to get worse before they get better. Uh, so we need to figure this out one way or another. And uh, thank you for all your work and everything that you do to try to, you know, spread some knowledge about this and try to get people to help each other because uh, ultimately it's all we have, right? Each other. So we, well, the people of the United States of America, what's up, Vince? What's going on? I just wanted to say thank you for having me. God bless you, my friend. And oh, like, like I said before, we just got to figure out when it's Don's turn to buy. <laughs> so when you come down, maybe we'll maybe we'll go to Morton's or something like that. You know? So something expensive. Let's if, if Don's buying, right? We may as well <laughs> we may as well get something expensive, right? Let's let's make it count, you know. Um, hey, Mr. what's up, sir? Money. What happened? He's got getting the money from those audio books, like you say. Right. You know, he's got all these books coming out, man. He's got to be making some type of dough, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then stick around. Don't, don't hang up. It's the Infinite Fringe. Ladies and gentlemen, take it easy now. Make sure uh, you do everything, you know, uh, subscribe, you know, and, and spread the word. Do your thing, you know. Uh, and, and, of course, go into the show notes and check out Vince, Vince's links. And, and you can go uh, read for days to see what's going on there. America Unplugged every Saturday, 12 p.m. Eastern on Rockfin. Go check us there or AmericaUnplugged.com and AmericaUnpluggedRadio.com. You can find the podcast there as well or on, on Apple Podcasts. And, of course, The Infinite Fringe. You guys know the deal. Um, so thank you very much. We appreciate each and every one of you. Do not burn the place down while I'm gone. All right? Take it easy. See you guys soon. Bye-bye.